Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and make the news make sense on a Monday. And very grateful to be with all of you today. And uh, there is a lot going on that we are going to cover over the next 60 minutes uh, with all eyes on our nation's capital as the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, is in session and is beginning the uh, nomination process for Judge Amy Coney Barrett uh, to be, uh, she has been nominated and for her to be confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, Currently, as we've been watching this throughout the morning and as you've been listening here on KSL News Radio, uh, this is, this is just brutal (laughs) for Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Each of the 22 uh, members of the of the committee uh, have 10 minutes each to uh, launch these hearings. And uh, Judge Barrett uh, just sits there and has to listen uh, to all of these. And it's it's cruel and unusual punishment, in my view, uh, that she just has to sit there while they're uh, they're not hearing anything. They're just making statements. Uh, they're just making statements to their base and to their constituents, both sides of the aisles. No question about it. Uh, none of this is advancing the issue at hand, which is what are the what are the qualifications and what is the judicial temperament of this judge? And should she be confirmed to the United States Supreme Court? And we've heard everything but that uh, thus far in this hearing. Again, I don't even know why we call these things hearings anymore. Nobody's listening. Uh, everybody's just waiting for their turn to talk. And to try to make their social media moment or to make some news. Uh, currently, uh, we are watching on our screen, uh, Senator Kamala Harris has uh, left the campaign trail. She is there. Uh, she is is coming in uh, remotely uh, from, uh, looks like she's coming from California today. And she is making her opening 10-minute statement. So she has uh, taken time to do that. And uh, she's making her statement right now. And uh, we'll get any uh, highlights from that as we roll along uh, but I want to go to to some of the opening components to this. I, I do think uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, I often disagree with Senator Graham uh, on a host of different things. Uh, but uh, he did say something at the outset of this confirmation process that I think is worth re-listening to as we try to really frame. We, we've really got to frame today. What is this hearing about? Who is it about? Uh, 
And what should it really be about? And I think Senator Graham got this part of the program right. The bottom line is Justice Ginsburg, when asked about this several years ago, said that a president serves for four years, not three. There's nothing unconstitutional about this process. This is a vacancy that's occurred through a tragic loss of a great woman, and we're going to fill that vacancy with another great woman. So he was laying out the case there in terms of uh, kind of the framing for the day, what this should really be about. Uh, Of course, once he concluded, Senator Dianne Feinstein from California, the ranking Democrat on the Judiciary Committee, got uh, her term, and here's what she said. Senate Republicans are pressing forward full speed ahead to consolidate a court that will carry their policies forward with, I hope, some review for the will of the American people. Now, here's one of the things that I have found most fascinating thus far today, uh, and that is the the Senate Democrats, I believe, have conceded that they are powerless to do anything to alter the confirmation of Senator of of Judge Barrett. Uh, I think they are admitting that in the way they are going about this process. Every single senator from the Democrats who have uh, given their opening statements each have a uh, a picture behind them of someone who is dealing with health care issues of one form or another, someone who would be uh, negatively impacted by anything, any changes to the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. And so what they've decided is that since they cannot win uh, or they cannot alter the course of this as it relates to the confirmation for the judicial branch, they are going to make it a political issue and they are going to remind the American people and stoke the American people uh, to make sure that they cast their ballots in November uh, for Democrats in order to preserve the Affordable Care Act, uh, because that is where this this hearing is headed. Uh, it does not appear that they're going to go after Amy Coney Barrett's religion. It does not appear that they're going to go after some of her prior rulings. What they are going to go after is the Affordable Care Act, which which by really interesting irony, uh, the reason that the Affordable Care Act was upheld at the Supreme Court level was because conservative Chief Justice John Roberts chose to do what you don't want a judge to do. He rewrote the law twice. He rewrote the Obamacare law twice in order to save the law as it related to the definition of what is a tax. So he rewrote the law, uh, which is, again, if you're in a judiciary hearing wanting to make sure that you have a judge that will follow the law and the Constitution, uh, they're going to pin it all on a law, on a law, a piece of legislation that was brought about and preserved solely by a judge doing activist things. So it's, it's pretty ironic that this is, uh, this is where this is headed this week, and we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, I also thought it was interesting, Senator uh, Mike Lee, of course, senior senator from the state of Utah, uh, was out of uh, quarantine, cleared by uh, his doctors today to uh, actually be in the chamber. And uh, he said two things that were, were interesting to me in terms of kind of the framing that I, I think is important. Uh, first, uh, he just talked about it in terms of the polarization and where this is headed. We have allowed for the politicization of the one branch of the federal government that is not political. So, of course, uh, that's where it has been. And this is an interesting thing to me. The 
the fact that this hearing is rolling out the way it is, is absolutely an indictment on the very senators who are holding this confirmation hearing. Uh, this is an indictment on the Senate and the and the House, uh, but particularly the, the Senate and the legislative branch, uh, because they're failing to do their job. And when they fail to do their job, everything ends up in the courts. But even with that, even with the mass failure of the legislative branch of this country, it is still interesting to note that, again, only the the most extreme cases that cannot be decided at lower courts make their way to the Supreme Court. But even then, guess what, folks? We are not nearly as divided as we think we are in this country. Senator Lee actually pointed this out statistically in terms of how the court rulings tend to go. One might also have the impression from watching this morning's proceedings so far that the Supreme Court of the United States is a remarkably bitter, cynical, and overwhelmingly partisan place. It is not. You actually look at the numbers, you'll see something remarkable. The Supreme Court of the United States sits atop something that is the envy of the entire world. The most common configuration of a Supreme Court decision is not five to four, it's not even six to three. It's in fact nine to zero, eight to one, and seven to two make up the vast overwhelming majority of all Supreme Court decisions. Now, this is especially remarkable when you consider the fact that the Supreme Court typically takes up only those cases as to which lower courts have been unable to reach an agreement. And yet, the Supreme Court overwhelmingly decides those cases either unanimously or near unanimously. And without these partisan divisions that one from watching this hearing would think is the bread and butter of the Supreme Court's work. I think that is so important, and I don't care what side of the aisle you are on or what uh, far left or far right or anything in between. That is important to remember. Uh, The court is not that divided. Uh, Again, as Senator Lee pointed out there, the vast majority of the cases decided by the Supreme Court, and remember, a case only goes to the Supreme Court if it has failed to get to resolution in the lower courts. So they're seeing a very small number of overall cases in the country. And then once they do get to the Supreme Court, the vast majority of those cases, when they are voted on by the Supreme Court, when they are ruled upon, the most likely outcome is nine to zero. That's called 100 percent, folks. That's unanimity. The next most common is eight to one. And the third most common outcome of a Supreme Court case is a seven to two ruling. That does not sound like division to me. That does not sound like partisanship to me. That sounds like judges doing their job, which is what this is really about. Uh, So, again, we've got to be careful. We are not that divided, and we shouldn't let what's playing out in Washington this week in these hearings convince us any other way that we are too divided. Uh, There are challenges. There is partisanship, to be sure. In fact, we're going to take a look at it coming up next. Doug Wilkes is going to join us. He is the moderator for tonight's fourth congressional debate between Representative Ben McAdams and Burgess Owens. You want to get the inside scoop right here on KSL News Radio coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.